I don't think people understand that addiction is gripping. It it is so gripping that if my daughter was dying of thirst and they were the only drink uh, addiction, I would take that and drink it and let her die. It is so strong and it, it sounds terrible. Um, I had to be so selfish in my addiction and not see my children for three years because I didn't want them to see me the way I was. And that killed me. It absolutely killed me. And them. Before you know it, you, you, you're so far down. You, you think, well, how did this happen? How did I get there? I had a, a villa in Spain, a 48 grand a year job, detached house, and all of the things I thought were important. But I lost reading my bedtime story to the kids. Your whole thought process is messed up because all you're seeing is the drink or the, or the line or the, the hit. Um, I was spat on, I was peed on, I was robbed um, just because I was vulnerable. I've got a new life, but I never forget the old life mm. because it's the old life that keeps my new life strong. I'm Stevie P. He's a Mackham. She's from So Shields. I'm what, sorry. What? Oh man, behave. Every day's 2019. You had to start, didn't you? Well, I am sorry that you're from So Shields. Welcome to Speak Up Sunderland. Woohoo! Oh, happy new year. Oh, oh good, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Does that mean I have to come round there and give you a hug? No, touch right. me, you die. <laughs> Let's just not. We'll take that as a no then. No, we'll just like, look at each other and be like, happy new year, by the way. <laughs> Gosh, she's horrible, isn't she? Small doses. Um, small doses. We've had like a good three weeks off. We should really, really be like... Which is why we do it weekly. Yep, yeah, that is exactly why we do it weekly. And 2019, I have a feeling Sunderland is going to be a very big change. It is. And you know what? We're going to be a big part of it. Speak up Sunderland. But if you do like what we are doing, and if you want to get involved, next week's episode is absolutely surreal. It is Speak Up Sunderland live. Live. We are live at the Peacock next Wednesday from 7 o'clock till 10. Till 10. So come down, grab a bevy, and we'll sit and have a bit of a chinwag. We've got loads of guests coming on. We've got that dude that did the theme of Sunderland Till I Die, that Netflix oh, account. Oh, Martin Longstaff? Ah, that's the one. Oh. He's coming down. I'm going to ask him if he can do a little little play of the song because that song is very hypnotic oh. and very patriotic to Sunderland. Song. To be fair, I've watched the entire series and it's great. And I'm not even bang into football. I watched four episodes last night and it's as a Sunderland supporter, it touched on every part of it. Absolutely every part. It was brilliant. Uh, and I'm going to probably watch the rest of them now. Um... When I get home, it was just uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear uh, Martin actually do it live. And if you feel like you want to come down, it's the Peacock. It's the old London Derry. Um, we're doing it live. It's going to be uh, you know by the seat of your pants, but it's going to be really good. It's a really good opportunity to get your voices heard. And if you have a story, come along and tell us because that is what Speak Up Sunderland is about. It is a platform for your voice. And if you've got a story like Deb and Craig or anything like that, anything that needs to be said, just come down and say it within reason. I mean, I don't want everyone having a slagging match, but (laughs) 
that is what this is about and I hope you can come down but Stevie mm. you'll get the shots in I want two tequila slammers before Listen, you can start there's no way I'm going to put you in front of a microphone with alcohol that's just a recipe for disaster a recipe for absolute success could you imagine me on tequila woohoo nah, yeah. fine nah. Sambuca yeah he hesitated it's totally what's happening I can so- imagine you somewhere else And Speak Up Sunderland is the podcast to give your voice a platform. So if you are in and around Sunderland and want to know what's going on or have a message to tell, this is where you come. And we have some fabulous guests in the room with us. Who do we have? Deb Fossard. Hi, Deb. And what Hi. do you do? Um, I'm the director of Sunderland Connect Network. Fab, Tabby Dorsey. And to my left? Uh, Craig Hilton. And what do you do, Craig? I'm Programme Coordinator at the Salvation Army Swan Lodge. Stevie, you know these humans more than me. Yes, I do. Well, you <laughs> see, I'm just a Sunderland lad. You see, I know everybody in Sunderland. Ugh, OK. <laughs> and I'm old. So that's why I know everybody in Sunderland as well. No comment. None. <laughs> we'll start with you then, Deb. Do you want to tell us about Connect Network and, and what it does? Mm-hmm. Started in 2015. It's a network for the whole of the Christian community in Sunderland. There's a strap line that says church and community working together. So though it's a network for all of the Christian community, the purpose is that we can build relationships across that community, but also work across local authority, business, education, so that the church is on the map working with everybody else in the city for the benefit of the people in the city. So we get to know each other and we can work collectively as a city to help do you uh, rehome? Do you help people get jobs? Like, what is it that you actually do? The word collaboration is quite a, a word at the moment, and it's about collaboration. So, as a network, we've got three main aims. Primarily, it's about building relationships. The city, the way it is at the minute, is not in a good place, and there's a lot of cuts, as we all know about. So, we're looking to build relationships across all of the different partners, key partnerships across the city, so that we can get to know each other, so that we can work effectively together and share resources. We're also about development communication. So, if we don't talk to each other, we don't know each other, then we don't know what's going on, we don't know what's lacking in the city, we don't know what the good resources are in the city to share. So, it's about developing communication across these partnerships. And the, the final aim is about creating opportunities. So it's opportunities to come together to highlight a need in the city and look at how we can bring partners together to address that. So it's a network with lots of partners. So we don't actually do the thing. We bring people together to work in collaboration with an end aim to bring about some sort of transformation. So you're like, you're like a facilitator then? Yes. You're a cat. In a nutshell. I did the long way around. <laughs> you were very direct. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> so there must have been a time then where, so where did this like idea come from? You must have thought like there's a gap there, I need to do something. This isn't what I set out to do. I saw personally great need in the city, very passionate about people finding their identity and uh, living life to the full. And in my experience over the years, I've spent a lot of time going into hostels, prisons, working with the homeless, just in my spare time initially, because I had a heart for for people who were broken and lost. And um, I'm a Christian, 
and brought a lot of people would go out to like the hostels and share the love of Jesus with people would sometimes play pool um, would have curries and would talk about Jesus oh there's that accent good combination there's <laughs> that curry. accent curry yeah. which one was curry 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 it's not about it. it's curry every single time. Curry. There it is. Um, First one of 2019. Pure Macam right there. We did, we, did an, we did an episode on the Macam dictionary and that's why she's picked up on it. All right. Sorry. Well, I'll do lots of different accents, which I might break into later on. Love it. Can't wait to hear them. <laughs> yeah, basically, we, we went out to basically look for broken people or found them, brought them into church and found that where their experience was that often they would find a relationship with Jesus and that would transform their lives. They would find a network of amazing people. But if the people were homeless or they had addictions, they were still homeless and they still had addictions. So we weren't addressing the whole need of an individual. I ended up leaving my job. I worked in a college for 27 years in payroll finance. Ended up leaving that to go and work in a homeless sector. So I worked for then Oasis Aquila. It was Aquila Way at the time. Had the dream job of housing people who had particular needs, who were difficult to house and provide a lot of support for them. But I wasn't allowed to share Jesus with them. So we were addressing the, the physical needs, but weren't addressing the spiritual needs. So in my mind, it was actually people need the opportunity to have all of their needs met, whether it's spiritual, emotional, financial, practical. So I shared with a group of church leaders the idea of what if we all work together instead of us all trying to reinvent the wheel, instead of the church trying to know how to house people, let us remain addressing the spiritual needs, but let's work in partnership with those who were addressing the practical needs so that it's a holistic approach. And that's where the network idea was shared and then embraced as we shared it publicly. It's a lovely idea to have and also one that's fantastic in the city of Sunnan and city of Sunnan itself is a very strong, tight bonded community. I've found this out yeah. since doing Speak Up Sunderland. Mm. Everyone seems to have a helping hand, an ear, anything, even so much something like just to give you a hug if you wanted. Some people yes. are just like that in Sunderland. Yeah. And I'm guessing this is how you've met Craig then. Yeah. The people of Sunderland are the greatest asset of, of Sunderland. And yet we met Craig who heard working in Swan Lodge, we met Craig when he was not as healthy as you are now. And really, Craig, I would say, is a real story of transformed life. Well, he can share his story, Absolutely. let him share. That's what that story is then. Hello, Craig. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I'm very privileged to work at Swan Lodge. Um, I'm part of the management team now, but it wasn't always the case. I um, met Deb, as she said, about 10, 11 years ago. I'm not from Sunderland, but I must say that Sunderland has helped transform me. The people of Sunderland, the, the love and the care and the, the general genuine people is why I love Sunderland so much now. I'm very passionate about it. I hear a lot of negativity about Sunderland and they don't see what I see. It's always, you always get blasé when living in the same place, don't you, about it. You don't have the passion, but until when you come into it, you see it, trust me. It's not like this down south. You don't have the community. You don't have the the honesty. You don't have the the pure the pure working man's ethics of just loving people. And I love that. I love the the rawness of it, but I also love the the love side of it. That we actually just all kind of yes struggle, yes have to 
you know, mm. get on and it's, it's tough. But when it comes down to it, when it really hits the fan, everybody's there for each other. It is. And that's what happened with me. This is how mm. I met Deb. Um, I have struggled with addiction for most of my adult life, be it drugs and alcohol. Dealing with that in a very different way. Um, I lost loads of jobs. I lost uh, my marriage, my children. I was in a very well-paid position, and I thought that I had to get back into a well-paid position to pay bills and debtors. I had massive debt. I came up to Newcastle because it was a, one. It was an awful long way from where I, I lived, and I got a job um, at the central station, looking after all of the food outlets there. I lasted one day in that and had a full mental breakdown and delved back into drugs and alcohol and lived on the streets in Newcastle for uh, a few days. It doesn't sound a lot, but trust me, it's the most scary thing. Um, addiction is a very lonely place. Um, people say that you see they, everybody gets together and drinks together, but it's still in isolation. You haven't got any friends, really. And having come from a very good background, it was nothing to do with my childhood or anything like that. Um, I, I was kind of in trouble. Anyway, I jumped the metro, came over to Swan Lodge, um, where Deb and her husband, Colin, were volunteering and talking about the church, basically, talking about Jesus. And I tried everything else that I could think of to stop. So I knew there was a need. I wanted to stop. I tried every sort of therapy and rehab and detox and acupuncture and hypnotism. So I knew that there was a reason I wanted to stop, but I just couldn't find it. And I said, well, I've tried everything else. And I heard Colin speak once, and he said, he was talking about the Samaritan woman at the well. It's just one of the scriptures in the Bible. And he said these words, it's not working, is it? And it kind of hit me across the head like a baseball bat, really. And I said, well, I've tried everything else. So, you know, I'll give it a shot. And when I found myself with some really good people in a surrounding that I'd come from where I was not with good people, and I actually found myself with people who actually cared genuinely about me without being too lovey-dovey, because that freaked me out a little bit because there was a lot of hugs and stuff and people wanted to give me things and I was like, whoa, what was the catch here? Like, But they were just nice people. And it took a while, but eventually, through lots of different trials, I completely stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped drinking drugs. I've been clean 11 years, dry 10. So there's a lot of steps to the next bit, but I'm now very privileged to manage the place where I actually was a resident. So there's, a, there's an awful long journey to that point, which is kind of weird because I'm now managing some of the support staff that supported me as a resident, which is great. And they've embraced that as well. I had a huge managerial background before my life went pear-shaped, but, um, which is why I've progressed, as some people would say, quite quickly. But I'm just so passionate about it. I love the homeless. I, I love the lost. I, I, I see the person, not the situation they're in. And... In Sunderland, we, unfortunately, we have an awful lot of people who are living with poverty and are living with addiction or close to addiction. Massive relationship breakdown culture in the city of mixed parenting. And it's just finding purpose and giving them some hope and actually just generally patting them on the back and saying, you know what, it's OK. You can get on. You're in a quite unique position in that you've you've been where most people that come through your door at the Salvation Army, you probably can empathise with probably every part that they've been through because you've done it yeah it is a great advantage and it is to be able to actually when people say oh you don't know what it feels like 
well, you know, I actually do. I, I've sat in the chair you're sitting in and I do see the other side. So let's talk about that. But their journey is different to my journey and I'm not there to preach. I will share the love of God with them if it's appropriate and it, it feels right because it worked for me and, that, and, and I know it can work for everybody. But it has to be their journey. It has to be their choice because it won't work. I know what can work and I can ease the conversation to that. But for people to actually see to transform and restore their lives, they've got to have a purpose for a start. They've got to want to. They've got to have a reason to get out of bed. They've got to have a reason to, to not have that first drink or that first hit. And hopefully with the network that we're now getting together with Debs and things like that, we can have the right people in the right place to have those conversations. Lovely. What a nice way to put it. Now, if anybody is listening that is suffering with addiction, be whatever it is, where do they go to get that help? The one thing that Sunderland has got is there are a number of agencies that will help. We're Recovery is the main one where people will phone up. You can go to the council, you can go directly to the council and they will sidepost you. There is Oasis Aquila, um, which is basis which is at the back of the civic if they're suffering homelessness where you can get shower and washing facilities they can come to swan lodge where you can also do your laundry and get fed there are food banks throughout the city there's lots of different drop-ins that you can do through the church network um, churches have now got a better understanding of homelessness and how to to react to homelessness because one thing everybody sees you just see a homeless guy or a girl and and suddenly your backs up or People don't know how to react because it's just lack of knowledge. It's a lack of understanding in some cases. Um, some people are generally quite fearful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't know, like you said, it's a lack of understanding. You don't know what this person's been through. You don't know who they are, if they are on drugs, if they're going to hurt you, if not. And it is very much just a lack of education. But what people must remember is they are humans as well. And they're just a little bit down on the look. But that does not make them any less a human in the slightest you hear so many statistics whether it's on the news or on the radio or whatever and then you treat that person as a statistic as it comes to the door they don't treat them as a human being again going back to what you said Craig I think the, I think the difference with Sunderland as well is a stranger helps a stranger mm-hmm. a stranger talks to a stranger in Sunderland yeah but that's what you said you said the thing you said the talk word that's hugely important because we've lost that ability of talking to each oh, other. Oh, 100% agree. You walk along the street and you see people with a coffee and a phone and bumping into lampposts and whatever else, falling off the curb. Or walking around you. Yeah, just talk to each other. And and this community here that is so good at that, just find out about someone. You know, go and knock on the neighbour's door you've not talked to. Find out who they are. You don't know. that. Quite rightly, you said that you see someone who's drunk or under the influence of drugs, you don't know the circumstances behind why they're taking drugs. True. You just don't know. So don't judge them because they're doing that. They're just, they're just, you know, I was Craig. Not not homeless or addicted. I'm Craig. That's who I am. Find out about who Craig is. Wow. That's so very powerful statement right there. Like I say, you've been there, but you are Craig and that is it. Doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, where you're from. You can, like you say, you went from being a high-end manager and then you went straight to to the polar opposite but you were still Craig mm-hmm. and, and you've come out Debbie better Colin did. Mm-hmm. they actually just spoke to me as, as as who I am and just just said well you know what do you like doing what you know, what, what were you good at school you know real basic stuff you know what do you like to eat just finding out someone someone was genuinely interested in me not my addiction or my history or what's happened or why I've ended up that I can't change that that's happened all I can do is deal with now. And that's what, through talking to each other, you can you can have an influence on. 
if you've like you say you went from managing a very big business to then going straight down and then going back into the managerial role were you afraid because you went from that one to that one I'm scared every day but my life is so different now when I was living entrapped in a cocaine and alcohol addiction while still working obviously I'm clean and dry my logic and my thinking and my outlook is very different my family has been restored I'm speaking to my ex-wife and my my older son and my older daughter I've remarried I have two young girls a five and a four year old Lovely. Uh, so I'm tired and skint now forever <laughs> um, but, worth it though yeah. it's worth it so well, is my life worth putting through the toilet for the sake of a pint no it's not yeah, yeah people say we can socially drink I'm not going to not even going to even go there because my life has been transformed and restored what I believe is by the love of God and why would I forfeit that so I'm not going to Craig when, when you're speaking to people when they're down or they've come in to, to, to see you or they come off the street or whatever how important do you think that is that that you when they hear that you've gone through it how important do you think that, that is to them we have a number of people who work in Swan Lodge who have been in a similar situation to me it's something that we really try and promote it helps enormously it helps in the fact that we've been there there is a way out people will see well you know what this guy's worse than I am, and he's got through it you know because that's the biggest thing you always think that your concern your, is, is the biggest ever your your addiction your situation is you know far bigger than anybody else has ever experienced but when you actually start to talk and speak to someone who's been through it and who has recovered they actually start to think well you know what you know why not i can do that but they've got to have that pat on the back that pickup because it's all right falling down but it's, it's not just standing up it's who helps you stand up because you can't stand up on your own and and i'm sorry you can't and that's where deb came in yep, for you isn't absolutely it? yep so Deb, tell us a little bit more about what you do. How did you help Craig? Well, I think we were helped as well. <laughs> but it was our passion. Actually, when I think back now, I, I prayed a prayer. Sometimes you pray dangerous prayers. And I said to God, show me your heart. God's heart is towards the broken and the lost. There's a bit in the Bible that says he's, he hasn't come for those who are well, but he's come for those who are sick. And so God's heart really transferred, I guess, into me. And I, I took a bale of towels into the Swan Lodge Hostel because I didn't know what to do. I just knew that that I had the love of God in me and wanted to do something. So I took whatever was in my hands, and it was a bale of towels, went to the hostel and said, uh, could you do with these towels? Will it help? The door from there just opened up, and they said, actually, yes, we'd like the towels, but is there anything else you can do? So I thought at that time it was just a male hostel. So I thought it wouldn't be very appropriate for me as a female to toddle in on my own. So I spoke to my husband and we went in as a couple. And uh, we just initially, we just wanted to get to know people. And that's where we, we were very kindly fed curries and um, curry, curry um, <laughs> from the hostel. <laughs> and uh, that's where we, we, we played pool and badminton don't like playing badminton with Craig because he slaughters me oh, man. Uh, and table tennis is very good oh, yeah. but we just built relationships we just got to know the guys in there and absolutely loved it It was a highlight of the week for us as well we wouldn't have felt fair to them if we didn't share that the good news from the bible as well and that's where we we brought that in as well so we went in every week and um we just the kettle would be on and we'd just share we'd sit together 
have a cup of tea and, and share from the Bible and we'd, we'd pray for each other. It was amazing, amazing times that we had there. But it was so different in the... Because in my perception of church was, and I don't mean this derogatory, but pews and blue rinse and yeah. dark and depressing and... Almost old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very hell and damnation sort of someone mm. at the front, you know, telling you what you can't do. Mm. And and but so to surprised. have this, this young couple come <laughs> in and just, just, just talk about it as if it was a life skill rather than a Sunday morning ritual it was it was it was life-changing for me it was this is about something I can just walk along the street and do and pray and just become part of a community and give value back and it, it really did transform my life yeah and we don't want to end there as I shared earlier this the network's about creating opportunities I'm quite a, an ideas person I love to see opportunities and think well, what can we do here there's a couple of things that we're we're looking to develop and never going to be satisfied until we see the city of Sunderland and the people back on the feet. I mean, the identity from the city and the people and the heart is sort of went out when the, the shipyards and coal mines all went. And people are sort of heads are down and, and we're seeing we're seeing the, the results of that with addictions and people are, are struggling to cope. And I think that's where the addiction is coming in a lot. There's a couple of things we've started to to look at. One of them is to to look at a, a recovery program similar to the 12 Steps program. But whereas I believe and Craig could probably share a lot more on this, the, the 12 Step program says that there's a higher power that you look to. We're actually naming that high power in the name of Jesus. So we're looking to set up that program early this year with again with Craig to do that we thought it was really important that somebody who has been in addiction is actually heading up the program because as we were saying earlier people then are more likely to listen and see actually you do know what it's like mm. and and the fact that people can then look at a transformed life gives them hope as well to think well actually if it happened for you it can happen for me so that's the program we're looking to set up so the 12-step <laughs> program is um, is a, a worldwide known recovery program AA use it like Deb said with the higher power being whatever that is to you whatever gives you peace and contentment for us as Christians we can uh, put into that higher power that Deb said the Jesus word the 12 steps is all about forgiveness it's all about purpose it's all about hope it's about value some of the words I've used earlier on today and it's about giving ownership of their addiction and their journey and their life to the individual and being able to share privately or openly because it's a big thing, especially for guys. We aren't that particularly good at talking, mm. especially when you think that you you failed. And I hate the word, but there's an awful lot of failure and stress and guilt and shame and embarrassment. But when you're actually all together and you're actually talking about it, it's it becomes okay and sharing my weaknesses actually made me a lot stronger. Uh, it took me a lot to learn that, and it took me a, quite a lot of attempts to actually do it, but eventually I got it out, and I started to talk about it, and it was, it was like a light switching on. It was like, it's okay to actually mess up. It's okay, as long as I do something about it. And that's when Colin and Deb and, and, and what we're trying to do with this recovery course is that just get people through it. Get people through the first 14 weeks of 
being dry, basically. We're, tr- we're trying to get people into whatever that dry is for them. This isn't about picking pe- the Bible up and bashing them with it. Yes, we can talk to them about the love of God and the love of Jesus and how that can transform your life going forward and how through prayer and through being together we can talk about this recovery. You know, I said again about talking about it. This is what this group is about. It's about sitting there and just talking and sharing good and bad points. And if people mess up halfway through, so be it, you know, they mess up. It's okay. Let's just get back up and just talk about it and carry on. Because there's so many people that through addiction fall and they think, oh, well, you know, I've messed up. I'll just, I can't do this. I'll just crack on and just keep drinking. It's easier. But that's when they're needed most. That's when you say, well, it's all right, fella, just try again. This programme, how does it work to get involved if you are in this situation and would like to get out? The programme will become readily more available through the Connect Network, through the council, through different drug and alcohol agencies, through all the churches. We are in a pilot stage at the moment. We've not actually run the first course yet. That's going to hopefully start towards the end of Jan, beginning of Feb at Swan Lodge. So members of the community are can come in. I think it's really important that they know that anybody can come in. And hopefully that will change some of the perception of Swan Lodge as well because the Sally Bash doesn't have the best perception sometimes. And I say Sally Bash with a smile because that's what it's known as. Yeah. It's our hardest thing at the Salvation Army is the perception of recovery. People are so quick to judge and label people. But if people want to access that, I'm sure some information will be on the Connect Network website soon and there will be more information coming out. Because it is, perception is, it's quite a word because it's your personal view on something Mm. and somebody's view isn't necessarily the correct one. Mm. So what is the perception of drug addiction and, well, addiction, Addiction really? Addiction generally. In general. Before we got involved in people with addiction, we just saw addicts didn't get to know the person behind that and I think probably Colin more than me would be open and honest about he just thought sort yourself out pull yourself together like why are you doing that but once you get to know the people behind the word addiction and you see them as more than an addict and thinking of Craig he had a life before that it can happen to anybody and addiction actually is not just drugs and alcohol it can be many things addiction is a journey addiction nobody wants to be an addict just make some bad choices on bad choice on bad choice addiction is rife throughout the uk but a lot of people don't class themselves as addicted who are actually addicted to prescription drugs alcohol cleaning there's so many addictions out there some people just call it routine people's perception of addiction is and i hate these words but smackhead Alky, seeing people sitting on the street, usually a dog or a bit of cardboard with something written on it, and that's what the label is, the, the vagabond, the, the tramp, because that's what media has, has told us what addiction is. Perception is, is that that's a person who has made a bad choice and then made another bad choice, then made another bad choice, and before long doesn't even know what a good choice is. Addiction, it starts off as a social thing. The cost of alcohol now, uh, with the culture of people buying at supermarkets and getting bladdered before you go out, or not going out at all and just drinking in the house, it's just on the increase far more and more. It's affordable. It's almost acceptable. People who are lonely, where do you go to make friends? You go at the pub. 
I used to work in that industry. I used to work in the hospitality industry when it was a proper disco. Even the blokes danced. And it was fun. But then ecstasy came along and the rave culture and trance and the whole culture changed and it became more of a just getting off your face and having a bottle of water. That's not why I was in the hospitality industry. I, I came out of that. So perception is of failure. I see shame, I feel. I see embarrassment. I see no value in them at all. I don't think people understand that addiction is gripping. It, it is so gripping that if my daughter was dying of thirst and they were the only drink there, addiction, I would take that and drink it and let her die. It is so strong and it sounds terrible. Um, I had to be so selfish in my addiction and not see my children for three years because I didn't want them to see me the way I was. And that killed me. It absolutely killed me and them. And you know, my daughter's 22 and she's still getting over that. My son is okay, he's 25 and he's got, got an understanding of it. Because also, broken relationships and before you know it, you, you, you're so far down, you, you think, well, how did this happen? How did I get there? I had a, a villa in Spain, a 48 grand a year job, detached house and all of the things I thought were important. But I lost reading my bedtime story to the kids. I lost making them tea. I lost playing with them. I lost, I, I, you, you, lose all, you lose perception. You, you, your whole thought process is messed up because all you're seeing is the drink or the, or the line or the, the hit. And it, your thought process is just burnt away. No logic or common sense enters into it. Time scale, the, the clock means is irrelevant. That's why you'll see people with addiction up at all sorts of weird and wonderful times or you'll see them drunk at seven o'clock in the morning and you'll think, well, what are you doing? It's seven o'clock in the morning, man. You should be having cereal. <laughs> it's irrelevant. And it's a really lonely place. And I think to understand the addiction is first of all, understand the man or the woman behind it. Look at why they're drinking. You don't know because someone's flat out on the floor, the circumstances why they're drinking. They might have been sexually abused. They might have had abandoned at two years old and they've been through the the care system you just don't know so before you, you judge the person look at the person and and just treat them with a bit of dignity and respect it's probably a long time since they've been treated well I was spat on I was peed on I was robbed um, just because I was vulnerable you know you don't choose to be an addict you become an addict don't you? it's a pro it's a process become you, you you are you enjoy the social aspect of it and you enjoy drinking or whatever it is or the socially taking the drugs which isn't acceptable but this is reality here we're talking about but then it becomes well instead of having just a drink on a weekend you're having a drink every night then it's you're having a drink midday then you're having a drink in the morning and before you know it you're dependent to turn this full circle then how does it feel when you've got someone or someone's coming and you speak to them but you see that they're coming away from what that addiction is, or basically what you're doing for them works. How does that feel for you? Oh, because you've been through it. That's the best best hit ever. It's yeah. um, it's like I said, I'm privileged to to do what I do, and just to see transformation is is great because you see them becoming them. That's the biggest thing. You see Joe becoming Joe and enjoying what Joe liked and being good at what he's, he's doing, and you give them aspirations they can reach, and you give them dreams that they can actually achieve. It might be to just keep that accommodation for a period of time. Because chaos is rife through addiction and 
So just to see someone be stable for a period of months or even just to get their own flat and the excitement they get when they get tea towels and microwave or whatever it is, it's, it's just a pure joy. It's, uh, it keeps, keeps me doing what I do because it's not all sweetness and light. No. There are some rough times. It's almost like a rebirth really, isn't it? Well, as a Christian, uh, you'll have heard the, the, the phrase born again. Mm-hmm. That's pretty Rise much, from the ashes sort of thing. That's pretty much what happened with me. I was born again and um, I've got a new life. But I never forget the old life mm. because it's the old life that keeps my new life strong. You'll Powerful. Never, you, you'll never forget the old life, do you? Yeah. And you shouldn't. No. Because it, it shows you where you are and that is part of why I am who I am. So, you know, don't forget it. You don't live by it and don't dwell on it because th- a lot of people do, unfortunately. That, oh, I used to do this and I used to do that. Well, you know, the old is gone and the new is here. So this is me. As that song I'm sure says. That's a song. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I am not going to sing that song. <laughs> I was going to say, after three, one, two, three. <laughs> Good film. Marvellous. I do hope then, so if anyone's maybe been, been drawn into these these stories, if, if anyone's in that position, then I hope you, that you feel that there's, that, you know, you're not alone. There is people that, you, that can speak to you there is people who actually want to hear your story and you're not mm-hmm. who you think you are and we're going to put up links of where you can go to find out any information on our podcast episode description so when you do see it on our social medias there is just some quick simple links and if you want to find out more they will be here for you i feel really humbled and really proud and really impressed i just generally cannot believe what has come out of this podcast today it's it's the basic stuff. This is this this is what life's about. It's about helping someone else. It's just clarified something in my mind, really, that the little things do make the most. People so concentrate on getting the bigger, better job, more money, more time, more mm. this, more that, more, more, more material. And that is for some people, and that's absolutely fine, if you can handle it and if that's what you like. But when it comes to brass tacks, if you don't have somebody who cares or somebody there that just goes you're right or have nobody there to say like to share it or just to even talk to or just pester it's not worth it it really isn't and i think people should really listen and think about what they're doing think that the best things in life are free just cuddle somebody if you need to cuddle them say hello if you want to say hello just just like if you're feeling sad or upset god just tell somebody you don't have to know them there's plenty other people out there just say something because the best things in life are free and if you don't have them like you say your friends your family or anything there is other means and ways of doing it don't chase the money chase the reality chase real Chase friendship, chase love, chase everything that money can't buy. Are you going to stand on your chair? Yes, because I generally <laughs> believe that that is what you're life right. is about. You're absolutely right. People need to remember it's not that. It's 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 the things that you can't buy and what you need the most. Everything else is a bonus, man. God sake. If anyone's sake. listening, ah. if you need a hug, we'll send Betty out and Betty will give you a hug. I'll give you the biggest <laughs> hug in the world because the best things in life are free and sometimes a cuddle is all you need. Yeah. It really is and I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Too many song titles. It oh, is, I know. No, I kind of welcome to my life. It's a good job I'm um, in radio. We're doing quite a bit of planning this year for next year. 
we're exploring what we could do for next year and deciding if this is the right way to go. But basically meeting with uh, the church leaders across the city to explore the idea of having a weekend in 2020 where we bring some of the key partners together across the city to have a celebration event to celebrate Sunderland and the good things that are happening here because there are some good things happening here but to also have a conversation about where are we going as a city and where do we want to get to and how do we get there working together. It would be called Movement Day, the Chief Exec of Together for Children. She's going to come and share with the leaders on the 1st of February. So it's starting different partnerships and saying, is it worthwhile to do this? I think it is. Absolutely. Million percent. Yeah. Million zillion percent. There's lots of people out there and there's lots of people that will want to know. Yeah. And why not? Let's work together as a city for the city. Yep. Oh, I'm going to cry. I feel like I should together. just bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, bless her. She's an emotional soul. I am. You? But I generally care, though. That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> it annoys us that other people don't. You're, and, you're an honorary macker, aren't you? No, I'm just, I just care. <laughs> I just care. See, you'll not. You'll not say yes to that, will you? No, I just care. <laughs> I'm from South Shields and I'm proud of it. Right? <laughs> Bless you. But that doesn't mean I don't care about everything and everyone. It's been one of these podcasts where um, it's it's flown, but it's just been it's been really emotional, but really touching, and it just makes me realise as a son and person, I was always proud to be son and, but you were even prouder. We I knew we had a community here, I knew everyone cares, but when you stop for a second and you talk mm-hmm. about things like this, you realise Sun's not a bad place. It's grown and it's getting bigger and it's getting better. It's such a um, taboo topic, though. People don't want to talk about this. This 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 topic is something that people like just to sweep under the rug. I don't know anyone. Don't care. Don't want to know. Tara, and it's not that attitude's why we've got this, and it's not fair. And I'm so privileged and so like I feel so proud hmm. that I've physically done this. And you've shared stories and you've shared plans about how you are going to make Sunderland better and how everyone who wants to get involved and how me and Stevie, by the way, mm. you're in this, by the way, are going to help make it mm. better because without you guys, it wouldn't be a better place. And thank you so much for coming on. So, so, so... I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do really appreciate it. And, and I know you must be really busy, but... Um Oh, and maybe one day we can revisit and see where mm. you've gone. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You. It's good to be able to talk about what's happening in the city and there are a lot of positive things and they need to be highlighted you know we hear a lot of negative reports but actually there are great people in in our lovely city as we work together we're going to see a lot more positive good change in the future everybody knows somebody who's struggling everybody so just be brave and be bold and go and talk to them about it because all they probably want to do is just talk to you don't they that's all they need they just need that that somebody like you just said who cares give it a go I need a tissue that was just insane it was intense but it was nice I still generally cannot get over how amazing Sunderland is Mm. every single episode that we do I learn a little bit more and I realise how big of a heart this community has See, it's great because every time we do it, we, we both kind of get different different but similar reactions because I'm not surprised by any episode we've done on the reaction because I know Sunderland. But then to get you to have the re- that your reaction that you're doing there, I'm just so proud. And I feel now that like we're, we're, we're touching on at the end with, with Deb, 
Sutherland's really getting a little momentum going. They're getting really strong. They're starting to work together. You know, we're really fighting back here, and I think the future is really good for Sutherland. All the hard work that Sunderland Connect are doing and the Salvation Army are doing with Craig and uh, Deb is just absolutely insane. That is just a tiny, tiny bit of what people in Sunderland are doing, what you are doing. Mm. And if you have a story, God, just tell me. I want to know. I'm more in love with Sunderland every single episode. That does not mean I'm a Mackham. I do generally. We don't want you to be a Mackham. No, I don't want to be a Mackham either, but I appreciate what you do. Mm. Absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. What I do? No, you're not outstanding. You're just stand. (laughs) I'm just standing. (laughs) You're just just standing. Oh, she's so nice. I am. I've missed you. I've missed you too. I've Uh missed you for at least five minutes. If you want to get in contact with us, you do have our Twitter, which is at Speak Up Sun, our Facebook, which is Speak Up Sunderland, and now we We have have a new Instagram Instagram too, which is at at Speak Speak Up Sun. Sun. That's the one. So you can have a look at our ugly mugs doing what we need to do while recording what you guys want to know. I recommend you listen and don't look though. Well, you can look at me, Stevie, not so much. Yeah, she's nice to have a Right, so there, get in contact with us in any of those. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just just giving you a pregnant pause just to see how long. I'm not used to you stopping talking, you see. Well, I'm trying to be a bit more fluent and not over talk. Is this your New Year's resolution? Yeah, something like that. Right, well, that's not going to last. Right, try everyone before this gets awful. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.